Welcome back to the Cincy Reformed Podcast. Pastor Zach here with you again. And while uh, last week I introduced the topic of Christian hospitality, this week I'd like to start getting into some of the biblical texts that help us understand why this is uh, so important to the Christian life and to the overall biblical story. And what I'd like to do this week is to reflect upon God's hospitality toward his people as we find it in the Old Testament. And as we begin with this, I think it's helpful for us to think about just the metaphor of a great king who has a large estate, he has many riches. And you can imagine this great king who has a palace upon this mighty hill and surrounding his palace is a great land filled with um, fields and uh, fruit trees and all sorts of abundance and plentiful water and drink and many uh, servants who are caring for his uh, lavish and lush uh, land. And this uh, king could then become one who uh, keeps it all to himself in a sort of miserly way. Or he could be one who opens wide his palatial doors and welcomes uh, people from his kingdom to come and sit at his table and to uh, enjoy his riches, enjoy his feast, and to then know them face to face, rather than being a king who's only heard of uh, from a distance, but uh, never seen and never known. And obviously our God is uh, the one of the sort who, who welcomes his, his kingdom people into his uh, palace, uh, onto his uh, great and uh, transcendent hill. We see this in the Garden of Eden, like to begin there. Uh, oftentimes people don't realize that in the book of Genesis, uh, God did not create Adam from uh, within uh, the Garden of Eden, but he actually created him outside of the garden and then uh, brought him into the garden. And uh, we see this in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, this is verse 7, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And so man was not um, a native to uh, the garden that God made, but God rather uh, made the man, created the garden, and then brought him in to dwell there in his special and holy place. And so within that context, we can call God the uh, host uh, and then man the blessed guest who was outside his place and then brought into his place to dwell there within his holy house. Uh, we should note that the garden is within the Holy Land of Eden. Eden, you could say, is a broader uh, region. And within that region, you have then a sort of garden temple. And many theologians have made note of that, that it's really the kind of sanctuary there. Similar to how you might conceive of the um, land of uh, Canaan being the holy land within the Old Testament, and then you have the temple within that holy land. In such a way, we should think about the garden within the holy land of Eden. A man is brought in. He is granted welcome. Not only is he welcomed in that place, but he's given much food from the Lord. 
He's given privilege to eat from every tree uh, that was bearing uh, fruit, except for that one. He's been given blessedness, and he's he's given uh, entrance into God's uh, holy abode. Not only do we see God's hospitality there in uh, the creation story itself, but we see it in that Old Testament story of redemption, where God brings uh, uh, Israel out of the land of Egypt, uh, and as he then brings them forward from Egypt, he takes them through the waters of the Red Sea. And this is often depicted as a sort of creation event. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 kind of brings that out. And God even spoke about uh, Israel in that Red Sea event and in the wilderness as being his, his son, a uh, creation similar to the creation of Adam being God's son. And God brought uh, Israel, his son, out from uh, Egypt through those uh, waters of creation, the Red Sea, calling Israel his son. And where does he bring them? He brings them into the Holy Land and ultimately to a temple on Mount Zion. And so we should see there in that overall movement, uh, that creation slash redemption movement from Egypt to Zion, we should see a sort of a recapitulation, a, a reenactment of the original creation of creating a son, bringing forth that son to then dwell um, with God in his holy land, and even more than a holy land, to bring him to the heights of his holy house upon the holy uh, mountain. The house of God, the tabernacle first, that was a mobile temple, and then the temple are the sort of recreation of Eden, you could say, that is a, a holy of holies, a place where God would manifest himself. Inside the tabernacle and temple, you had much um, uh, depiction of and um, a recreation of paradise. The place was adorned with uh, pomegranates and gourds. It was adorned with a lampstand that looked like an almond tree. It was a place where there was plentiful bread to eat from God's table. And it's the place where God himself would dwell. There's gold there. There's uh, you know great beams of cedar. And when you would walk into then God's holy house, you were to see a place that would re- remind you of that ancient holy garden back in the time before the fall. Yet, of course, this was an act of redemption by the Lord, uh, a redemptive event that was like a sort of new creation. And so then uh, God gave his people then access to himself. We see that especially in that once per year episode where the high priest, Aaron, and then his uh, successors would then enter into God's inner chamber, the Holy of Holies, and then commune with him there. All of that event, uh, again, reminding us of the failure of the original high priest, Adam, to uh, conduct his holy calling as a prophet, priest, and king within the garden. And then, so therefore, by the shedding of blood, and only once per year did the Old Testament high priest then gain access into the um, inner chamber of God. Of course, God was uh, hospitable to them already, but the final consummate hospitality um, awaited the uh, high priest named Jesus Christ, 
who would then uh, bring us into the heavenly holy of holies, not once per year, but to reside there as um, our dwelling place and to, to live there without any fear of being struck down, but to be welcomed into God's heavenly uh, abode. And so, again, I wanted to bring this out for us uh, this week in terms of thinking about God's hospitality. That when we think about the Old Testament narrative and as it prefigures for us the arrival of Jesus Christ, both in creation and also in that new creation event of the Exodus, uh, bringing God's people to the um, uh, mountain of Zion and to the uh, temple that's perched on Zion, we see God uh, welcoming people into his um, house and God showing hospitality to creatures and not merely creatures, but uh, for, to uh, sinful creatures. All these things, of course, brought to consummate fruition with our Savior, Jesus. So I hope this has been a thought-provoking episode to you to think about God's hospitality toward us in terms of its new, uh, in terms of its Old Testament types and shadows. We will think about some godly examples of hospitality and then some ungodly examples of hospitality that we see in the Old Testament scriptures in the coming weeks. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Cincy Reformed Podcast. Find out more, uh, find more episodes at cincyreformed.org. And again, this is Pastor Zach with you. Thanks so much for joining me. See you next week. Bye-bye.